I'm so thankful to you this morning for being receptive to this message in this most unusual way. But I just got to tell you, there wasn't a whole lot that was going to keep me from sharing this message with you. To begin with, I'm going to tell you a story about a grandmother who decided it was way too much trouble to buy gifts for all of her kids and grandkids. So here's what she decided to do. She decided that she was going to write checks and send them in the Christmas cards. That'd be a nice gift. However, a few days after she mailed the Christmas cards, she discovered that she had forgotten to put the checks in the Christmas cards. So just imagine, if you will, all the kids and all the grandkids receiving a Christmas card from Grandma with a little note inside that said, buy your own gifts. Friends, it always pays to be ready, but especially at Christmas. Counting today, you have 14 days to get yourself ready for Christmas. It's not time to panic yet, but you better start getting yourself ready for Christmas. Last week, I posed a question for you that was this. Are you ready for Christmas? And we found that being ready for Christmas is not about uh, as much about uh, activities like shopping and gifts and decorations and cards as much as it is about attitudes. Joseph showed us that by being ready to accept God's will, by being ready to uh, care for other people, and by being ready to give what he had to give, Christmas can happen. This morning, I want to offer you three ways that you can get ready in your heart to welcome Jesus this Christmas. I'm going to be sharing a passage from Mark chapter 10, and I'll begin in verse 13. Then they, that is the people that Jesus was speaking to, brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought the little children. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And he said to them, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And then Jesus took up the children in his arms and he laid his hands upon them and Jesus blessed the children. Friend, I want to share with you the first way that you can ready your heart to welcome Jesus this Christmas. And that is by becoming a child again. I read about one woman that after some last minute Christmas shopping was trying to get her kids into the car when her four-year-old son Jason said this. Mama, Susie has something in her pocket. Well, Mama reached into Susie's pocket and pulled out a brand new red hair barrette. 
So she took Susie back into the store to return what she had taken. Well, later on that day, uh, the whole family went to the mall to visit with Santa. And Santa asked little four-year-old Jason, he said, have you been good this year? And Jason said, well, I've been very good, but my sister robbed a store today. Friends, how many times have you heard that Christmas is all about the kids? Well, what do they mean when they say that? Christmas is all about. Christmas is for the kids, they say. Have they gotten too old to celebrate the birth of our Savior? Have they gotten too old to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ? Have they gotten too old? Jesus said right there in Mark chapter 10 that grown-ups need to become more like children. Here in Mark, Jesus tells his kids, listen, guys, listen, my friends, you don't realize how important kids really are. Children are your model. They're your model for how to enter heaven and how to live in the kingdom of God. Unless you become like a child again, you will no means, you by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't get in. So what did Jesus mean there? Well, first let me tell you what Jesus did not mean. Jesus did not mean that there's something wrong with growing up. We all have to grow up at some point or another. But how many of you know that there's this huge difference between being childlike in our heart and being childish in our behavior? Big difference. We know that our children are not always little angels, don't we? Don't we? I'm not saying any names, but you know who you are, amen? And the problems that many adults have is they refuse to grow up. Many don't outgrow their temper tantrums. They don't outgrow their selfishness. They don't outgrow their unforgiveness. And while there are many things that we must lay aside as we grow up, there are some things that we have to hold on to no matter how old you get. One thing to hold on to as an adult is dependence. Hold on to dependence. See, children need somebody to take care of them. Can I tell you that adults do too? They can, children can do some things for themselves, but they depend on adults to do the many things that they cannot. And most kids don't, don't seem to mind this arrangement. Children blindly trust their parents to, to feed them and to clothe them and to make sure that they get to school on time. But Jesus says that children are our model. They are our model for trusting our heavenly Father. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 9? He said, what man is there among you who, if his son were to ask for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he were to ask for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those 
who ask him. Jesus says we must become like children. Become like children who depend on our heavenly father. Friend, what might happen if you practice depending on God a little more and worried and fretted a little less? Would your life be better? Probably so. Let us hold on to our dependence on God. But there's something else that adults should hold on to, and that is we need to hold on to that childlike wonder. That childlike wonder. See, children see the world differently. They are amazed by the simple things. They see beauty in things that grown-ups are taking for granted. They hear the story about David and Goliath. They hear the story about David in the lion's den. They hear the story about Jesus walking on water, and they are amazed. They're amazed, and they say, tell it again. Tell it again. We want to hear more. But we think that we're too old for all that. We think we're past all that. We don't take the time to see the wonder. We don't take the time to see the amazement. We don't take the time. And can I tell you, that is one of the greatest blessings that I've enjoyed uh, in, in helping to lead CIA. Here lately, we've been reenacting the miracles of Jesus. And to have our kids and, and ourselves actually be a part of the reenactment of the miracles of Jesus really find a, a lodging place in our hearts. It helps us to not only remember what Jesus has done for others, but also what Jesus will do for us. See, often we're like Moses. We walk past the burning bush. Instead of stopping, we hurry on. And you know what happens? We end up missing the living God. We end up missing God who wants to dazzle us with his amazing glory. And that's why, friends, for many people, that's why for many Christians, Christmas is just another day. We don't really take the time to look. We don't take the time to look at the baby in the manger. We don't take the time to look at who he is and why he came. We don't take the time. What might happen if you took time to stop and to look around at the wonder of God's world? What might happen if you took the time to stop and to look into the wonders of God's word? What might happen, friend? Not just in what God did way back then, but what God is doing right now in your life. Becoming a child again is a great way to get your heart ready to welcome Jesus this Christmas. But let me share with you a second way, and that is to rediscover the blessing of giving. Rediscover the blessing of giving. Louisa May Alcott wrote a book entitled Little Women. And in that book, there's a quote that says, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without the presents. Christmas wouldn't be Christmas 
without the presence. Now, you got some Grinches out there who will tell you that that's exactly what's wrong with Christmas today. It's all the people think about, all people think Christmas is, is all about the giving and receiving presents, packages, boxes, and bags. But that's not what's wrong with Christmas. In fact, I believe that Miss Alcott was right. I believe that Christmas really isn't Christmas without the giving and receiving of gifts. But here's the key. If you want to get your heart ready for Christmas, then you've got to rediscover the blessing of giving. In Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, Paul is saying his last goodbyes to some very special friends, and he wants to leave them with some words that will help them to stay faithful to God. And so in the midst of everything else, he quotes the words of Jesus himself, words that are found nowhere else in any of the four Gospels. And here is what Paul says. He tells them, remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, Luke said something very similar to that in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Jesus said, give and it'll be given to you. Give and it'll be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing into your lap. For with the same measure that you give, it will be given back to you. The idea is this. Giving brings more blessing to the giver than it does to the receiver. Giving provides more of a blessing to the giver than it does to the receiver. The trouble is, we don't really believe that, do we? Our world is a whole lot more about the getting than it is about the giving. At Christmas, kids list what they want to get for Christmas, not what they want to give. We walk into Walmart and we spend thousands of dollars on ourselves and our families, and then we walk out the door and we throw a little bit of change in the Salvation Army bucket. We don't mind buying presents for other people, but they better buy us one too, amen? And if I spend 30 or 40 bucks on their present, I better not unwrap something from DG, amen? It seems that most of us believe that we're more blessed to receive than to give. But Jesus and the Apostle Paul tell us that the pleasure of receiving a gift cannot compare with the pleasure of giving a gift. And Jesus knows. Think about it. How many times have we unwrapped a gift? We get all excited 
And then two months later, you can't even remember what you got for Christmas. Children, they wait all that time to open up that toy that they can't live without. And then a week later, the dog chews it up and it's headed for the trash can. Friend, let me tell you. Let me tell you about a joy that will never fade away. When you give a toy to a child who has no parents, that's a joy that will never fade away. When you bring food to somebody or give money to feed somebody who would otherwise go hungry, friend, that's a joy that will never fade away. When you share what you have with a person that everybody else forgets. When you give your time to visit a shut-in who is drowning in loneliness, my friend, that is a joy that will never fade away. When you do something, when you do without something that you want so that you can give to something, somebody else who, what they need, friend, that is a blessing beyond what you could ever, ever receive. But let me tell you about the greatest joy that never fades away. And that is this. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. His only begotten son. See, when you give, when you give of yourself, you're doing what God did. He gave. At Christmas. So enjoy the presents you get. But never forget that real joy, real joy comes from giving. So let me challenge you to get your head right. More importantly, get your heart right. Get your heart ready for Christmas this year by becoming a child again, but also by rediscovering the blessing of giving. Finally today, I think it's about time to turn the lights on. Amen? Turn the lights on. Listen to what Paul wrote to the Philippian church in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14. The Bible says, do all things without complaining and disputing. We can almost stop there, amen? But let's keep going. Do all things without complaining this year, without disputing this year, that ye may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world you live in. Turn on the lights. Friend, don't you love Christmas lights? I love the lights. Lots and lots of different colored lights, but especially those blue lights. So beautiful. They really, they really resonate in my spirit. I love the blue lights. I never get tired of the Christmas lights. And once we get them up, sometimes it takes us a little while, but once we get up the lights, I love just sitting in the living room and watching the lights. The Lord Jesus called himself 
the light of the world. He called himself the light of the world, and he calls his people to be the light of the world. And here, Paul echoes that same idea in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. He pictures a world without Jesus in a very deep, deep darkness. And he pictures the children of God, the people of Christ, the disciples of the Lord as lights. In the darkness. Lights in the darkness. And so he tells us, you've got to live differently. You've got to shine your light. You've got to turn the light on. You've got to live differently. So friend, when everybody else is griping and complaining, we're the ones that need to practice being content. Practice being thankful. Practice being loving. Even if people that you work with are being selfish, they're being careless, they're living without even thinking about the Lord whatsoever. It's you and I who ought to be living right. It's you and I who ought to be living blameless, harmless, and without fault in a perverse and corrupt generation. In other words, you and I ought to be shining, shining like a light, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Praise the Lord. Friend, perhaps no other time of the year do Christians have a greater chance to shine in the darkness more clearly and more beautifully than we do at Christmas time. I pray you'll shine. I pray you'll turn on your light and you'll shine with all your heart. Friend, there are people where you go to school. There are people where you work. There are people in the neighborhood that you live in who don't really understand what Christmas is all about. They don't really get it. Yeah, they may connect Christmas with the birth of Jesus somehow, but they don't really connect what happened then with what's happening now. You're the light. You're the light. They don't see what could happen in their own lives as a result of Jesus being born at Christmas time. To them, Jesus' birth may have little, it may have nothing with how they live or how they die. But listen, friend, Christmas is your time to shine. It's your time to shine. It's our time to shine like lights. And by shine, I don't mean that it's your time to show off how good looking or how righteous you think you are or how bad you think they are. No, in time, in, in instead, it's time to show how a baby born in Bethlehem, how a savior born in Bethlehem can change lives. Change lives. Jesus came to change our life, to bring peace with God, to bring purpose in our life, and to bring us hope even with the outcome of death. We have hope. Friend, your job, my job, is to be as a light to the world, to show them why Jesus came, to show that Jesus came for them as much as he came for us. But listen, 
That ain't going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen on autopilot just because it's Christmas time. No, you got to get ready. We have to get ready to shine like Jesus. We got to get ready. You got to pray. You got to ask for opportunities to share with others about God's love. You've got to take time to make a difference. Make a difference. And when they ask you, what makes your life so different? Then you need to be bold enough to tell them. Be bold enough to tell them. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 3.15, In your hearts, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be ready. Always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. Friend, I challenge you this Christmas to shine bright. Shine bright as a light for the Lord. There are people who are living in darkness who desperately, desperately need somebody to shine as a light, a light of God's love into their lives. You, friend, could be that light. You could be the light, if, if you're ready in your heart. If you're ready, you can be that light. Now, friend, you can survive this Christmas season. You can gripe and complain about all the bother. You can yawn when you hear the Christmas story like you've heard it so many times before. You can be glad. When the whole thing is over. Or you can get ready for Christmas this year. By becoming a child again. By rediscovering the blessing of giving. And by shining as a light in a dark world. My friend, Jesus came as a baby. He grew up being an amazing teacher. He sacrificed his life for you on the cross. He was gloriously raised from the grave, proving his power over death. And then he miraculously ascended to heaven where he's seated at the Father's right hand. But listen very carefully. Jesus is coming again. He's coming again for those who have placed their faith and their trust in him and him alone for eternal life in heaven. And today could be that day. He could come back today. So are you ready? Are you ready in your heart this Christmas? Are you rapture ready? Because the Bible says that he's going to call up his church Catch them up together to be with him in the clouds where we shall be with him forevermore. Friend, I pray that you're ready for Christmas this year. Today, our invitation is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a silent invitation. It's going to be an introspective look at your own heart an introspective look at your heart this Christmas. And as you look there this morning, 
I want to ask you, can you become a child again? Can you rediscover the blessing of giving? Friend, can you shine like a light in the darkness? That's the high call of God on our life. And I pray, as you look into your own heart, those are the things you're going to resolve to do this Christmas. Let me pray for you. Father God, we praise you and we thank you. We adore you and exalt you. And we thank you for Christmas. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to become like children again, that you would help us to rediscover what you did when you gave your only begotten son. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that we would become like lights in the darkness, that we would shine like lights uh, in, the, in a corrupt and perverse generation. Father, that we would make a difference in the world that we live in. Father, as we peer into our own hearts today, I pray in the mighty name of our Savior Jesus, in whom birth we celebrate at this time of the year. Lord, I pray that you would cause the changes in our life that we need to make so that we can be more effective in the hands of mighty God. Father, we know that you're coming again. Lord, we know that you're going to send your son. That, Lord, one day there's going to be a time when you say, Son, go get my children and he's going to come up. He's going to call up his people into the clouds where we shall be with you forevermore. Lord, let not one single person who's listening to my voice this morning pass this day without having made a decision to give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, your only begotten son, whom you gave. And we pray these things in his mighty name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Thank you, my friends. I love you. I, I miss seeing you in person, but uh, I'll see you next Sunday. And Lord willing, I pray you have a great week. Be the light. Be the light in a dark world. I love you.